what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome to the Coach's Mind Podcast with Coach Curtis Williams and Coach Mike Urso. This podcast is to help those who want to be extraordinary health and fitness coaches by breaking down the tools and strategies they need to grow and develop their craft so they can become top of their class and build a business that contributes to personal and professional growth. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Coach Curtis and Coach Mike, we are back at you with another episode from The Coach's Mind. And today we want to talk to you a little bit about the power of habit and why it's important. Um, If that sounds familiar to you, it's because in about 2012, I want to say, uh, Charles Duhigg published a best-selling book called The Power of Habit. Um, And it's an amazing book. If you are into uh, the science behind habits, you should probably grab that. But we'll touch on that a little bit today. Um, But today, me and Mike want to talk to you really about why it is important to have good habits and what having good habits is actually going to do for you in the long run. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off to Mike and get a little bit of his thoughts. And then we'll we'll dive into this a little bit. Yeah, that book. So... um as a tier X coach, that was one of our uh, reading material books. Like, so as a manager of people who are leading transformation specialists, which are coaches, we dove into that book as a group. We discussed it as a group. So I do have a good amount of familiarity with it um, and understanding the, the whole concept of habit and how that plays out in the, the change model of you know, achieving goals, uh, people understanding themselves a little bit better, um, coaches understanding themselves a little bit better so that they can be better transformational experts. And it is, it's such an important topic to talk about because we've talked about it in previous podcasts where you have your goals, but the goals don't happen, right? They're, they're just like an objective thing. The stuff we have control over are all the behaviors. And in this case, we're you know, using the, the title habits that we do every day, the, the small little measured action steps that we take every day that allow us to um, actually see those weight loss goals or those strength performance in, in increases play out. And so that's why um, I think this is a really important topic, especially for coaches, because that is the world we live in. No longer can we be just, you know, giving people training programs and not talking to them about how they need to change their habits when it comes to nutrition, change their habits when it comes to what they're doing in their off days, uh, change their habits when it comes to sleep and recovery. Because we know, you know, as, as, as coaches that you don't get stronger in the gym. You actually are making yourself weaker and breaking yourself down so that you can um, increase and recover better. And so we need to, um, as coaches, be just habit like you know specialists in how we can help guide people to changing those things and there's many different ways we can do that and we'll dive into that a little bit today absolutely yeah i i totally agree with you and and not only is it um a matter of getting away from not even bringing up habits because because you're right that that absolutely happens where you know people are training people and and they're just going through workouts and then they leave and they don't see them for a week or whatever and then they go through another workout and um but the other thing is if you really want to be as mike said a habit specialist and um be someone who can re or i should say a change specialist and, and be someone who can really help move the needle for these people who are trying to achieve their goals um understanding a little bit of the science behind what 
makes a successful habit and how we can actually get there. Or, or I shouldn't say successful, I should say a habit in general, but ways that we can now start to understand these habits better and manipulate them for our benefit for the mm-hmm. long term, right? So um, since we are on the topic of the book, might as well dive into that a little bit. Uh, there's, there's three main takeaways of the book, right? So um, doing a little bit of my research, I came across this um, as a refresher because I, I too read the book uh, probably about two years ago at this point. Yeah, and I read it maybe even longer than that. Yeah. So it's probably fresher for you right now. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little, but I, but I still had to do my refresher. So as I was like going through it, um, the three main points are, you know, one being, you know, habits work in, in three-step loops where we have a cue, we've got a routine, and we've got a reward, right? Mm. Um, two, you can change your habits by substituting just one part of the loop, and that would be the routine, right? Mm. Um, and then three. Wait. Sorry, so you said that second one, just to reiterate, because yep. I want to make sure I heard that right. So it's the, you can substitute, say that again, the routine? If you change the routine, you can change the habit. Got you. Okay. So that's the part of the loop that you want to start to, uh, I guess, alter a bit, I see. right? So you can find success with ah, creating okay. a new habit. So I've got some thoughts, but keep going. Awesome, right. awesome. And then the third one, um, willpower is the most important habit. Uh, you can strengthen it over time with three specific things. And um, we, we'll dive into those three things in a little bit, but I, I do want to get your thought. You said you, you, you've got something yeah. based on the second one. We, we well, mentioned. so yeah, because uh, we all get stuck, mm-hmm. right? A lot of us feel stuck. In, in relation to with our clients, we're always talking about they want to change something about themselves, but they're so used to doing something a certain way. They're such in a routine that it's making it really hard for them to move out of that routine because change is hard, right? It's, 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 uh, it's territory they've never been to, so it's scary. We don't know what the outcome in that is if we are to change things. It creates anxiety. Yep. And so there's comfort in routine. And what I've found just recently, just to use an example in my own life, is that I've been doing things differently. For example, I had the thought of, I gotta go to the gym today and work out. But then I felt like I'm not going to, I was kind of like getting a little anxiety about it because I was like, well, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to end up doing the same thing I always do. And this is what I was just telling you before we clicked record is I actually went to uh, a trail and started running some trails. And it was such a different routine for me, right? It was so different. Like the, I don't know how the the whole three-step process plays out, but I know that when I changed that routine of what I was typically doing, which was going to the gym and working out and going and doing a trail run instead. It, it changed kind of my perspective on everything and I felt lighter. I felt like, yes, it was hard, you know, because I was, I was running up and down hills and I was huffing and puffing more than I usually do, yep. but it was 100% rewarding, which is that, that last, you know, part of that habit process, which exactly. is like the reward. And so because of that, I've now really kind of reconfigured things in my brain where like now when I think about working out, my cue is like, go do something different, go outside, put a kettlebell in the trunk and drive out to the park and the TRX and you know, go do something, you know, that is completely different than what you would normally do to work out. You know, and and that because of that, the reward system that I received from this. So it's amazing how I can now see how that all played out in just a scenario I had three days ago. So that's what just all I wanted to say. It was really interesting, you know. Yeah, no, it's actually really cool because that's literally what we're talking about today, like in action. Right. So you just experienced it. You just went through that. Um, But I didn't know like that. There was a science of what actually was going on with me going through that scenario and how it played out. But now I'm just connecting the dots. Exactly. Based on all the refresher you gave me about that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's cool. And, and, And just 
look at how Mike was able to connect the dots right there real quick, right? If we understand this on a little bit more of an intrinsic level, we understand, you know, the science behind habits a little bit more. Imagine like the skills we'll be able to take with us when we are in our sessions, when we are doing, whether it's we're on the floor and we're actually just training somebody or we're in, you know, the office or, or over the phone doing some sort of coaching uh, call or, or a coaching session where we are working on habits. If you understand the science behind it a little bit more, then you, then you can understand a, a really good example, right? So if we go back to the, the three things that happen Happen. You got the cue, you've got the routine, you've got the reward, right? The cue for most people is some sort of, I should use the word trigger because I feel like people understand that a little yeah, more. Yeah, right? I like that word, yeah. Um, so, it's like the spark of the idea. Yeah, right? and so a good, a good, perfect example is I, I had a client who would come home and use the same door every day. And when they came home through that door, there was a bowl of like M&Ms or something. Cause mm. like the, whether it was their spouse or whoever just liked it there, whatever reason, right? Um, we literally changed that cue a little bit in the routine, right? So, so the cue is, you know, um, the fact that obviously it's it's rude. it's something they do every day. They're just on their way home. They're they're used to this, right? So they're so it's it's kind of it's almost like they already know what's coming, anticipating like oh, I'm walking in the door. And sometimes it gets so so drilled in that it's subconscious. They just grab a couple on the way in, whatever the case is, yeah. right? Um, so we just switched that a little bit, and we and we changed the routine, and we started coming in through the side door, and boom, no more like extra candy snack. Yeah, in the here trigger and there. was was removed, and and it was like. Just because we understood, like, okay, that's just going through that door. That's the thing that's making you do that. Because you're like, oh, I don't feel like I need it. I don't necessarily really want it. But it's just a habit. Yeah. And I've done it for so long. And, like, I'm going You know what's away. interesting? Like, I wonder if, like, if you were to uh, swing this the complete other direction in, in a healthy way. Is, like, if you were to put, like, a bowl of fruit in front of that other door when yeah. you first walked in. And even if you didn't grab for the fruit, just that would be the first thing that you see, yeah. something healthy, as opposed to going in through this door. And like you start to now anchor that trigger of going through that door to, oh, there's a healthy bowl of food. I wonder if that would change the habits too of how somebody enters their house and goes about it. You know? I would agree with you. I think it goes back to what you said in a previous episode, and I can't remember the exact term you used, so I'm gonna try to explain it and hopefully you can remind me, but you were saying it's not so much about removing like the negative thing, but replacing yeah, it. putting something positive, so positive displacement. Positive displacement, exactly. Yeah. So that's it's, that's it right there, yeah. right? Instead of- Sometimes doing that instead of removing the M M&Ms is just, you know, put put the apples next to it totally. so that it cues, you know, totally right. Because it, because at, at least at the end of the day, we bring consciousness to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because most of the time it does end up being subconscious because it happens so frequently. Yeah. But at least at the end of the day, if we use your uh, you know idea, where it's positive displacement, if you walk in and you see like an apple sitting next to the M&Ms, that apple automatically is probably not normally there. Right. So automatically it triggers this thought of like, oh, well, I put this here for the to do just this yeah. so I can remember I shouldn't necessarily dive in for a handful of M&Ms right now. Right. And, and all of a sudden, using your technique of positive displacement, changing routine a little bit, right. and then depending on what 
depending on your core values and your goals and what you're trying to accomplish, of course we get some sort of reward at that yeah. point, right? Whether it's feeling good about being strong enough to have the willpower at the end of a long day, you just got home from work, so on and so forth, you got the willpower to say no or move on or grab the apple and have yeah. a healthy snack, there's some sort of reward going on there. Here's another example too that's just reminding me we're on the subject of food, yep. kind of changing ha food habits, because you know, I got into a little slump a little bit lately, I've eaten a little more pizza than I should, I haven't been really staying on track with things, you know, not eating as much salad as I should be. And my client the other day said to me, I've been using this app, um, Prime Now, right? The Whole Foods app, where you can get food delivered to you, groceries delivered to you from Whole Foods in a two hour window. So I can order my groceries on my way home from work at four o'clock and select a window from six to eight or you know five to seven, and they'll deliver everything that I ordered on this app through Prime like a couple hours after I order it from Whole Foods wow. at Whole Foods prices, wow. right? And all you pay is a delivery fee to the person you know who's who's bringing that. Yeah. And they have you know it's kind of like the Uber, like they have people who just you know volunteer to do that, and you, yeah, they yeah. get paid through you know tips and all that. And so this is a perfect example. We go to the grocery store all the time. It's a habit that we have, mm -hmm. and a lot of times we will reach and grab for things that we don't actually need, like the cookies, like the you know sugary drinks, like the things that you know we're there and being there and seeing those you know not so good foods for us triggers us to have the urge and the craving for it, and so we put it in the basket and you know we we pay no mind to. It. We get all our healthy stuff too. But this is so amazing. I was just thinking about this. We we um, we've used Prime now three times, and if anyone hasn't used this yet, I urge you download the app. And if you have Prime uh, as an Amazon member, you will want to do this like at least every week to get yeah. the groceries because <laughs> yeah. it's it's a hassle to go to the grocery store. I've got two kids. I don't always have time to pick out it, and and like you you know worry about produce and everything. Everything they've ever brought us was like anything I would have picked myself when I was there. Perfect. But anyway, so we um, we've we've changed. So when instead of the habit of going to the grocery store and maybe having that you know bad food item that may end up in the grocery cart and, and then back in our cupboards at home. I find that I'm only, because I changed my routine of how I grocery shop, I'm only picking out really good foods on the Prime Now app and things that I really, you know, like, I, because of the routine and a different queue, I've actually changed, like, we have, like, all healthy foods. Like, I don't think we order anything that's bad. All veggies, fruits, like, really good proteins, um, you know, healthy snacks. and. What's been amazing is, is I'm eating better, right? My reward is like, I, I come home, they deliver the bags, I'm unpacking it, and I'm like, look at all this wonderful, delicious food that I just bought, you know what I mean? And it's all because I just changed the routine of how I was doing things before. Absolutely. And man, like, it's, it's now paying dividends, so. I, I think it also has something to do with willpower. You, there was a couple really important things that you said there was, you know, I have kids, you're now running a business, you're busy. Yeah. It's hard to get to the grocery store mm -hmm. all the time. And naturally, when you are spread thin, you're trying to wear a bunch of different hats, right? You're a dad, you're a business owner, you're doing, and you're a trainer, you're doing all these things. The willpower also yeah. when the thing's in front of you. I don't know if you've You get decision fatigue. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'd be the first to say that seeing, uh, picture of something like a cookie mm -hmm. is much less you know enticing it's not pulling me in the same way as right. if it's in my face a hundred percent that's a great point so I think you're right so i think that's amazing yeah. and then also let's not forget life hack alert 
don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like that's also like keep that in mind. Right. Like if you're really hungry, you had a long day, willpower is yeah. low, and you, and you go to the grocery store. Nine times out of ten, like you're yeah. gonna grab something that's not ideal. Right. So, side note, life hack: don't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Now, how about this, right? Because I think there's there's obviously a lot of coaches and trainers who are gonna listen to this and. Um, a lot of them are stuck in a routine when it comes to their job or when it comes to their work. Not everybody's happy, you know, not everybody's happy even though we're changing people's lives on a daily basis. Yep. I've worked in a gym before that I was miserable at. You probably have worked in a gym before that you were miserable at going to work, going to work because it's a uh, routine all the time. It's yep. the same thing, right? Exactly. So what are, you know, would you say, you know, some of those things that maybe trainers can do when it comes to shaking up their routine so they're not getting so bored? Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I'm trying to think about like what are some things they could do, but I'm just curious. Do you have any thoughts on, I, you know, how to shake it up a little bit so that you know they get a different reward? I, I, I totally do, and and I really think that it's obviously personality dependent, but there's going to be a few different ways you can do, or I shouldn't say a few. There's probably a lot of different ways you can do that, right? Mm -hmm. But like, so perfect example. If I'm talking like straight up shaking it up in a session on the floor here at the studio, where we're at Rebirth, by the way, guys. Yeah. Um, I there's a there's a middle school a block down the street, right? So every so often. I'll take my session halfway through, we'll crush strength for 30 minutes and then we're doing hour sessions. Halfway through, we'll take a two, three minute walk and we'll go right over to the Galvin and we'll start doing some, they've got like a, a, a you know, cement little wall yeah. where you could sit on, so yeah, to speak, yeah. but we'll do box jumps on the wall, we'll do some yeah. walking lunges, we'll run a it's lap. It's totally different we'll do, than what they're used to. Yeah, and, and honestly- And they're like, more stimulated probably, right? Most of the clients love it. it. It does create that extra stimulation. We're out in the nice weather, it's sunny. Like yeah. who, most people, even if they're like, oh, I don't like being hot, the sun does something to people and it makes people happy usually, right? right? So yeah. like, it's, it's a fun little time, it shakes things up, it's cool, but then like on a more personal level, if you haven't dove into any motivational um, speakers or videos or whatever, like just your ride into work, right? Mm. Could, you could just throw something simple on like that just to change the day, right? Because most of the time it's just music or it's like, it's something podcast that, or something. Yeah, like but even even podcasts can be. I, I will I will say I know you agree. Podcasts can be uplifting too and, and give you a certain amount. But of But they can also be a rut. So I I'm in a total rut with that. Like to be full disclosure, like I the last week I've listened to maybe two podcasts all week. Normally I will listen to like two every day. Yeah. And I've yeah. listened to two total all week. You know what I've been listening to? Reggae music yeah. all morning. Which like on cool. my way to work because it's putting me in a good mood. The sun shines out. It's so different. Exactly. And so like for me, the rewards is now completely different because I wasn't getting a reward yep. from the habit of doing it before. I almost felt like it was work yep. to listen to podcasts because like I have to do it. I've got to learn. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not happy right now. So I need to change the routine I'm in. So let me do music instead. And it's completely changed the reward I get from it. I actually go to work and instead of like having all this knowledge and information I just absorb from my drive in, I actually just feel more uplifted and I'm making better connections with my clients exactly. because I'm in a better mood because I changed my routine. Totally. It's so bizarre, but it's so like, it plays into everything about habits and how we need to change that, you yep. know? And not do that same thing. Because routine is a rut. If you travel the same path all the time, guess what? It digs a deeper hole. You, you can look at it as like, I was running trails the other day and I saw, you can tell where people walk the trail the most. You can tell where the most traveled path is because it's beat in the most. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And so what do I do? 
I took a, when you know, everyone's going left, I took the right because there was you know, more stuff there. I had to slow down, right? Because I couldn't move as fast because I didn't know where I was going. Mm-hmm. But I was able, because I was slowing down, to pay attention. Whereas like, if I'm just following the path all the time, I almost have blinders on. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. So because I went off the path a little bit and changed the routine, I actually was able to get more stimulation, more diversity, and because of that, like I'm much more stimulated and I, f- I felt better. I felt like I got more out of it. So I do think, and we can always go back to our routine. I, and I absolutely will go back to the routine and listen to as many podcasts as I do every week. But like I gotta shake it up once in a while when I feel like I'm not getting, like I'm getting stuck in a rut. I know? couldn't agree with you more because there was a point in time where I was like, I am probably never gonna listen to anything other than podcasts. It's so amazing. <laughs> right. And I was doing the same thing, just podcasts while I'm working yeah. out, while I'm driving, while I'm doing it, right. all the time, and it was great. But then, yeah. like, you get in this rut. What I found slightly different, I do do music as well sometimes. Usually when I'm lifting, I find that music sure, is the best yeah. thing for, Absolutely. you know, best workout. Absolutely. But um, I've been diving into, like, you know, uh, fantasy books and, and books uh, that yeah. are, like, just, like, yeah, you know, fiction. Like, yeah. fiction. Just take me away from my everyday life, yeah. and I can dive into this world real quick for yeah. you know however long I'm listening to. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I I never thought I would like that stuff, and I'm like super into it, and I've been having a good time. And it's then crazy, I yeah. and then I go back to the podcast here and there. Right. But same thing. Like, you got to switch it up here Shit and there. Stuff, yeah. Um. And you would never guess that, but it but it does it does help. It does go a long way. Yeah, I think we get so hyper focused on well, I have this one goal of being the best you know, the, the, the best person I can be and learning the most about all the subjects that I'm interested in, which is, uh, you know, coaching and uh, business and all this other stuff. But, but if, we, if we go so deep into that without any other diversity in our life of other things that will mentally stimulate and challenge us, we will get lost in it and we will kind of lose our mojo or lose our zest for it. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to, to again, we talk about the power of habit, but like, and it being like, we don't say like, you need to have habits so that you are rigid. We need to, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about um, changing the habit when the thing you've been doing no longer serves you anymore. Absolutely. Because that's basically what we're talking about here is like podcasts for us hadn't been serving us anymore. Like we were listening out of what we felt was necessity, mm-hmm. but in, in the real grand scheme of things, we needed to actually do something different to kind of break up the monotony get us more um, stimulation and then come back to it with another zest for it. You know what I mean? So I think like, you know, we definitely need to not like bastardize habitry and say, or, or, um, you know, changing habits and and say like, you know, the only way to achieve your goal is to have a habit, stick with it and do it all the time. You also have to be very liquid and modify when you need to modify, you know, and change that habit when yep. it's no longer serving you. Absolutely. So. Knowing knowing when to say no, knowing when to switch things up is probably one of the most important things we, we could learn as, an, yeah. as adults, right? Because I know a, a good amount of people, um, my fiance being one of them, love you, babe, but uh, she is very, you know, it's this is the plan. This is what we're doing. I've laid out this, 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 and this. And when something doesn't fall into the plan, it's a big, it's a big problem. And it's fine. It's, it's worked for her. A lot of us are like that. And and, yeah. And people have different personalities. There's, there's zero wrong with that, but I'm, I'm very much the opposite. And I wouldn't necessarily root for either direction. I want you to really figure out what works best for you. But most of the time, 
in real life, plans aren't going to work out the way we want them to work out. So being liquid and being willing to adjust and change habits when you need to, to now realign yourself with the thing that is going to serve you and get you closer to your core values and your ultimate goal and so on and so forth is going to be extremely valuable and important. And not being able to do that is probably going to result in, you know, feelings of inadequacy and, and depression and sadness and so on and, and feeling like you're just not doing things the way you should do, right? So don't feel like just, yeah, it is the power of habit and, 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 and habits are powerful and extremely useful, which is exactly why me and Mike wanted to talk about them. Yeah. Um, but you always got to remember that like the habit that you have, I, I like to remind people that it's almost seasonal, right? The habit that I have right now I going into my 30s, I'm about to be 30 in a couple months, is going to be different when I'm 32 probably and then maybe different when I'm 35 yeah. and then maybe different it, it's it's always going to change when I have a child or when I I'm sure when you had your first child you were like well I'm changing a lot of stuff up right you know yeah, what I mean like absolutely so to understand that these things are seasonal and in, in that you will absolutely need to adjust because you're always going to be in a different place at a different time in your life and you're going to age and you're going to have different requirements is super important. So remember that habits are valuable, but they do need to have a little bit of a... Yeah. I don't think you could stay so rigid. It's, no. it's really hard. I mean, because then, like you said, when the plan doesn't go your way, like now you're just lost, right? Mm -hmm. With no direction. And that's something that sometimes can dig people into a really deep hole that they have trouble getting out of. Absolutely. You know, this is like, this is, I'll use the example of people who have gone on diets or, you know, uh, gone through a significant weight loss, but then rebounded back. Oh yeah. They feel completely discouraged and they think, well, I tried to do everything. I, you know, I tried to do everything right and, you know, it didn't work out. So I'm just not going to try at all anymore. You know, and it's just a, a free for all. You don't want to be so rigid that, you know, when things don't work out, you know, yeah, it's just like all hell breaks loose and now you've lost all sense. I think the most important thing is, is like as we develop habits, and I love to use the word that you use the word seasonal because I think that's so right. Like we can't stay so rigid on the habits we have because our lives are always changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. But you do have to take personal stock of where you are. And I used the term before, um, paying attention to making sure that that habit that you've chosen still serves the purpose of what you're trying to do. Definitely. So, and if it doesn't, you have to reevaluate that. And, and this is, as coaches, this is what we do on a monthly basis, if not monthly, even almost a weekly basis sometimes with people um, on what are the things you're working at to achieve that five, five pound weight loss goal for the next two months. Um, we may focus on a nutrition habit, we may focus on a movement habit with them, but what we're doing is, is every month, we need to reevaluate and see how, did, how well did we do did I hit my marks with that habit? Was it too hard for me? You know, was I not able to, um, you know, choose the apples instead of the M and M's, right? And if not, is there something I can do differently? Can I keep the same habit? I still want the same thing because I do believe that habit will lead me to achieving this this weight loss goal. But can we change the cue, like you talked about, you know, and, and put the apples there instead of and going through the different door? And that's what we're talking about here is is always paying attention to. Where, where am I at in this process? Is it serving me? And we can't let yourself get too far down the line because you can end up getting discouraged if things don't work out. You just have to take stock 
often and then be able to change. And this is a, exactly, this is the coach's mind. Like this is exactly the way we like to work with our people. And we understand that it goes way beyond just giving them sets and reps and how much weight to lift. It goes into how, you know, are we supporting that person? Are we helping them uh, take stock of what's inside of them? Are we allowing them to introspect as much as possible and uh, gather information about their life totally. that they're not thinking about because they have so much other stuff going on work home life kids whatever it may be other responsibilities that's where the coaches have the leverage to to allow them to start thinking about the things that they may overlook as clients right yeah yeah 100 percent um and i think that was the perfect segue into talking a little bit about what a cue actually is what the routine actually is and, and the reward right so essentially after we go down you know go down the rabbit hole a little bit of what mike was saying where we do some introspection where we do take some stock and we figure out exactly what it is we need today right um because it's going to be different than a year ago and it may be different in a year right but what do we need today then we can really start to figure out okay the cue is what triggers you to do the habit right so it's what what triggers you to do the habit for example sitting down at your kitchen table to have breakfast every morning at 7 a.m is kind of your cue so to speak right um then if we understand exactly if we did that intrinsic dive and we understand what we're trying to go for okay we can come up with a cue for that right we can we can figure out okay what it, what is going to be something uh, maybe you are for for instance for me i'm i'm trying to increase my mileage because i'm running uh, the Spartan Super in a couple months and then the Beast right after that. And so, you know, um, pretty long eight mile and then 13, 14 mile race. With obstacles. With obstacles, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm like, all right, I got to increase my running. So one of the ways I do that, my cue is like laying out all my running gear mm. the night before. Love it, yeah. You know, and that's an easy cue. I wake up and I see that, you know, I could even take it one step further, put it on. Most likely I'm going to go, yeah. right? So that's, that's the cue, right? Um, the routine is the behavior you then automatically engage in, right so going running yeah. right and actually increasing my miles um, and then lastly is that reward that you receive for completing the routine right so it, for me it's gonna be finishing those Spartan races right I increased my running I did that I, I laid out my clothes I actually went for the run and now I knocked those Spartan races out of the park I got some times I liked and so on and so forth right yeah, yeah. Um, so once I understand the long-term goal, it's easy for me to begin to manipulate the cue, the routine, and the reward. Yeah. Well, the reward is, I guess, kind of already established. But the reward also is, is ongoing because for you, it's probably you're now feeling more prepared when you show up. That as well. You know what I mean? Yes. So now like my reward is, okay, I'm not going into this feeling like I haven't done the work. Yep. Like I feel like I've done the work and that's the reward that you're getting in the process. Now the, the ultimate reward is finishing the race. Exactly. But there's there's process rewards too, I feel like. You're 100% right. I, I totally agree because um, yeah, that is the, the long-term yeah long-term reward and goal um but at this at the end of the day just the fact that i'm i am pushing myself to do that every every day that i actually accomplish it and i do it well like when i was done with my run this morning i, I felt good i was yeah. like oh i knocked that run out of the park yeah, i went yeah. pretty fast today my legs feel good you know like that's that's still a reward and yeah, that's yeah. just today and then the next time i run i'll probably have a little bit of the same and then hopefully that helps build with a little bit of the willpower build the discipline and you really do allow that that cue that routine and that reward to really establish this this yeah. habit that you're essentially trying to create yeah absolutely and then the, you know 
I'm trying to think of another thing. Like, so shameless plug too for my other podcast, Fit Coach Consultant. But yep. like, I have a cue, right? Which is in the morning when I'm driving into work, and this goes back to why I'm also not listening to as many podcasts is because I'm trying to produce them yep. between this and that one. Yeah. And so every time I'm in the car, I queue up, you know, uh, I queue up a podcast, I listen to that podcast, it gives me some sort of inspiration on a business topic, and then I take that business topic and I relate it to how it would play out in a fitness coach's environment with it for, for a fitness business, and I adapt it to fit a, a, a very industry-specific type of um, conversation yes, or, or, yes. or talk. Yep. And so then I put on my AirPods, I hit record on my, my phone, and I start recording you know, what's usually anywhere from five to 15 minute little monologue of you know, business advice. And my reward is I get to publish that, I get to check and see how many people have listened to it, and, you know, or I post it on social media and now people are responding, oh, can't wait to listen to it, or you know, hey, that was great, I got so much insight from it. And so I'm getting those rewards from it, so it's allowing me to want to continue going down that process too. So the reward is really important because it restarts the process for you, it reinforces the, the process. So if you are, this is another thing to pay attention to, if you are going through a queue and a routine and you're not receiving the reward anymore, it's probably an indication that you need to change the cue in the routine yeah. because it's not working. You need to have the reward that comes after it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, because eventually, if you don't have that reward, eventually you're probably going to find yourself replacing that with something that's not so good where you do feel some sort of reward. Right. So, like, I feel like food is obviously the easiest one, mm -hmm. but like, you know, if, if we're, if we're, doing a lot of really healthy things and making good decisions and for whatever reason we're not getting that reward anymore it's going to be a lot easier to grab the cookies or the ice cream yeah. like there's well, no question. with your spartan race example like let's say you're not putting your clothes out every day like you're supposed to you're doing it here and there but you're not as is like your cue isn't as tuned up as it could be in yep. that process and so that means you're not training as much or even as effectively because you're not cueing yourself or triggering yourself to get excited about it and go train hard and so the reward is you know uh, the process reward is you're feeling like when you do go out and train it's a lot harder because you're not training as often as you could be because you're not doing the cue as much as you could be exactly. to set yourself up for it so there's really these things you can see how they all play into one another right 100% yeah that's totally right um, and, and it, it could be depending on depending on the person it could be discouraging as well yeah. Right. And um, and of course, we if we have the opportunity, we want to try to avoid being discouraged because it usually is going to backfire and yeah. send us down the wrong direction. Right. So we want to try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but then when it comes to actually changing a habit. Right. So, like, let's say one of these habits are because we're, we're, we're referring to good habits. Right. Mm -hmm. But this cue, this mm -hmm. routine, this reward also habits, applies yeah. to yeah, bad Absolutely. habits. 100 percent. Right. So if if we're trying to change a habit. What in, in, in the book, Charles Duhigg mentions that what you want to do to change this habit is really to, to change the routine per se, right? So one of his examples that's super straightforward and it's very easy to understand for people is if you're trying to cut out caffeine and you're trying to change a habit, which it's funny because when I saw this, I had, like I said, I had to refresh myself. I hadn't seen this before. I just cut out caffeine myself and I did this exact thing and I didn't even know I was doing Interesting. it. Interesting. But essentially... It, all it is is when you go to have your morning cup of coffee, just have a decaf cup of coffee instead. Mm. So you're so like 
you're kind of you got the cue whatever it is that got you i mean your cue could just be waking up waking up and right? seeing the coffee pot yeah totally right so whatever that is and then the the routine is drinking the cup of coffee mm, instead of yeah. drinking caffeinated coffee i'm just changing my routine and i'm drinking decaf coffee right and i haven't had I've had a little bit of caffeine here and there. I shouldn't say I haven't had any. But for the past two or three months, just drinking decaf, like I've cut my caffeine consumption way down. Mm. I, don't, I barely drink it now unless I really need it. And the beauty is when, when I really you do need it, it's there. It yeah. works, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's and, a great so, point. Right? So, yeah. so that's good. But but it's funny. Um, that one I felt like was very straightforward and it's, mm. and, it, and it's super easy. It's something that. that I just did. Yeah. And he, he gave that example in the book. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I was thinking during that too is like what if instead of, you know, talk about positive positive displacement if if coffee is really like negative for you because it's overconsumption. what if you were to put something else in its place you know like a glass of water instead yes you know so instead of you know having your coffee pot there what if you like put a your cue was to put a glass of water underneath your coffee pot so that that's the first thing you see before you even go to set your machine or you know go get your coffee it's you know you see the glass of water and that cues you oh i got to drink water first absolutely you know and so that and, and a lot of times water is mostly what people need to like wake up and you know get their brain and and all that stuff you know processing in the beginning of their day so um, just some other things you can you can think about doing. No, totally. I, I think that's a perfect one. It's actually something that I that I've used for myself and, and clients as well. Where um, when uh, what's a good one? Um, thinking about eating some ice cream or something like that. Like we've done foolish little tricks just to try it. But like, okay, before you before you have the ice cream, drink eight ounces of water. You know what I mean? Or go for a five minute walk. Because positive displacement doesn't have to be something actually consumed, right? Go for a five, 10 minute walk and come right. back. Are you still having that same craving or is it gone? Right. And do you have control over right. it? Right, and it's all changing the routine when we want to change that bad habit is do something different That's it. than what you normally would do. So what you're saying is, is like you can get the cue, right, to mm -hmm. do something but then we have to then do something different instead we have to recognize that so how do we recognize that what do you think are some strategies for recognizing when we're cued to do something we know it's a bad habit and we know we need to change the routine you know what do we do there and does this go back to where we you know we we place the apples in front next to the to the M&Ms or you know what I, I think that's the next step yeah right so I think so since we are talking mainly to coaches, let's let's come at it from that angle where if we have a client in that situation, how do we get them to realize what the cue is? And it goes back to some of the other conversations we had where it's uh, it's the power of questions. It's, it's using open-ended questions to get this person to really open themselves up a bit, do yeah. a little bit of a deeper dive into what that thing may be that's getting them to feel like at the end of the night, they just yeah. got to sit in front of the TV with, with a pint of ice cream or right. whatever it is, right? Um, and if you do, and if you ask enough of those questions and you're good at asking open-ended questions, because hey guys, the, the point of open-ended questions is to ask a question that they, they, they have to answer with an actual statement rather than yes or no. Right, and something then, they actually have to think about. Something they have to think about and you have to let them right don't try to jump in every time you have another and thought. reframe the question and reframe yeah. the question or the amount of times where I, practicing this I've asked an open-ended question and then I just did it this morning I literally just did and I caught myself in the action like right away and luckily my client didn't answer it with a closed-ended answer yeah but um, you ask an open-ended question and then you, Do you slip. remember what the question was uh, it, I, I was wish it, it personal or it wasn't personal it was um like how did you sleep last night uh, no no some 
Uh, I can't remember exactly what the question was, yeah, but yeah. I, I do remember doing it. Yeah, and I yeah. was just like, why did I just do that? Like I had a good open-ended question and then I followed it up with a closed-ended question before she had a chance to even answer mm. me. You know, and-, and Interesting, it, yeah. Yeah, be careful with that. But when it comes to trying to figure out what that cue is, the best, the, honestly, the best way is to ask questions because most of the time when they do elaborate and you do let them think through it and talk about it, they're going to they're gonna come up with that answer on their own, no problem. You don't have to tell them. You don't have to force feed them or anything. They're going to figure out, oh, wow, I just realized, you know, when this happens or this happens or my kid is acting like this, I tend to do this. Mm, and, and, yeah. and that seems to be their, their cue. And then they go from there, right? So... Um, I'd say, you know, really allowing yourself to, uh, shameless plug, get a coach and yeah. talk to somebody about it um, is going to be... Coaches too. Coaches need coaches. Coaches need coaches. Coaches need absolutely. coaches. Absolutely. I got a coach. We talked right? about mentors already. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, to, uh, the best way is just to talk about it. You hear yourself say something out loud. A lot of times you're like, oh, wow, yeah. I didn't realize it sounded like that outside absolutely. of my head. You absolutely. Know? That's why I like to write things down in journal because it absolutely. allows me to really formulate my thoughts mm -hmm. before I put them down. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of times I don't say the right things, you know, or, or I say the wrong thing too quickly and, and, you know, have to pull it back and, you know, realize I didn't actually mean it that way. It was taken out of context where if I write things down, um, you know, for me, I, I can really put it into the right context that I need to. So 100%. Do, uh, do you think there's anything else we need to touch on here that we missed or? Um, no, I think uh, the only other piece that we were talking about as far as like the three things you really want to get out of the book is your most important habit being willpower. And like in real quick, I'll leave you guys with the three ways to try to increase your willpower. And it's do something that requires a lot of discipline. I'll keep it short, but for example, mine's going in the cold tub. I'm gonna go do that right now. I'm go sit in there for about 10 minutes. That's a lot of discipline. It takes, it takes a lot of work, yeah. right? So um, then plan ahead for worst case scenarios. Try to envision what's coming up, what's gonna happen, right? Um, if you know you're going out to dinner on Saturday, um, plan what you're gonna have for the meal, if, especially yeah. if you know where you're going, what you're gonna have for the meal, how many drinks you're gonna allow yourself to have, and so on and so forth. If you have a predetermined idea of what's gonna happen, yeah. it's a lot easier to stick to the plan rather than going in blind. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is preserve your autonomy, which is really just understanding that at the end of the day, some of some of this stuff is going to be you know a little bit more automatic and 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 that's okay right like it, it's it's not a it's not a bad thing actually we probably want to be um, a little bit more uh, autonomous and automatic with some things because it makes making decisions a lot easier there's less right willpower that will be used so i, I right. think what he they mean in the book when when they're talking about preserving your autonomy it's mostly with ideally the good things I would imagine so you don't have to think about them as much you don't have to use as much willpower right. and then there's more willpower to use elsewhere because even though I think science now is saying that willpower is not um, a depleted resource like it doesn't run out but it feel but no matter what it still feels that way yeah. right so trying to allow yourself to under to not have to make too many decisions so you decision don't decision fatigue yeah exactly yeah. so you don't end up with with decision fatigue is is, yeah. is going to be important as well but i think those are my last final points if, if what do you think you got anything? No, I, no i think i think those are those are great ideas and then when it comes to the coach too like and how they can um kind of see how willpower can um find its way into their their life you know if we're talking about a lot of times what are the major problems that um, coaches will have you know they're they're not working out themselves as often as they like to because yeah. they're either burnt out or they just haven't they don't have a routine 
because of their schedule is so erratic and they're training clients at all different times because they're just trying to take people when they can take people and that's, that means they can't actually schedule in an actual workout for themselves. Exactly. And so they don't have that autonomy anymore. So you know that can be a real struggle for people. So I, I think like finding ways to do that, if that's for the coach, I suggest finding a way to, I know a lot of times we get up really early to work with our clients, but find either a place at the, the beginning of your day or at the end of your day where you can really get that workout in and take care of yourself first because I do, I do believe when we start to create those patterns of autonomy, especially in our morning, um, when we are very highly suggestive just because of the brainwave state we wake in and as we come out of that into a more like alpha beta state throughout the day, we wanna make sure that we are giving good habits and, and you know things that are feeding us that are gonna help us serve our clients better. So morning workouts are really good because there's probably less stuff that can get screwed up in the daytime. If they are clients, you know, I tell them, you know, if they're not with me, work out in the morning because there's less of a chance for your day to get completely thrown for a loop because of meetings, because of, you know, somebody invites you out to dinner, you know, because something pops up, you gotta go leave work early to pick up the kids and now you can't work out anymore. So finding pl places to create that autonomy Usually the morning is probably the best place to start for most people, just because it's typically the most routine or regular for you. So find a place in that morning routine that you can you know, create a, a good, um, good set of habits. And I do believe that you know, when you do have that autonomy, I totally agree. Um, willpower is at a much higher level, right? Absolutely. Because it's, because you know you're building discipline, and discipline is that one thing that you know, allows us to have freedom. For sure, for sure, man. Yeah, uh, all right, awesome, awesome points there. Um, I think that wraps up our episode for today. Um, but thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. If you enjoyed any part of this episode, please share it with someone who can benefit from it. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get new episodes as soon as they're released. We'd love to hear your number one takeaway from the show. So please head over to Instagram where we are at the coach's mind and send us a DM with your thoughts. That's at the coach's mind without the E, just the singular version. Lastly, we want to keep bringing you amazing, valuable content each week. And for us to do that, we need your support. It would mean the world to us if you would go to anchor.fm backslash the coach's mind, click on support this podcast and consider a small monthly donation to keep this podcast going. You can give as little as 99 cents a month and it would really allow us to keep developing content to share and help you become a better coach.